What's up, my people? Welcome back to another episode of the All Things Bengals podcast with yours truly, B Things Times Bengals Drake. This is the second episode I'm having him on. Drake, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. Um, great week for football. How was your Thanksgiving? It was awesome, man. How was yours? It was pretty great. Uh, yeah, I mean, just same old stuff, you know, family, but, you know, it was great. That's awesome, man. You know, I actually had my first Thanksgiving on Sunday at my mom's. Uh, really? Bro, yeah, my twin brother. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know that I have a twin. Wow. Bro, he, yeah, he's a Steelers fan. This oh. fuck. Yeah, bro, he's been a Steelers fan his entire life. We've been <laughs> ops from day one. I'm kidding. I love him to death, but yeah, bro, we we oppose in so much shit, and uh, it gets crazy, bro. I mean. <laughs> You see my videos. Everybody listening to this sees my fucking videos. I'm crazy, bro. I coach the game. I'm standing up. I can't sit down. I'm jumping. I'm fucking screaming. Dude, he could not stand me. Oh, you, you, So when we went to the Panthers game, right? So you showed up late. And I swear, I was kind of more reserved because, you know, I was by myself. And yeah. you, you come in and then, like, I'm just dying laughing. You're like... <laughs> What's up? I'm just like thinking yeah. to myself because it was so quiet before you got there. Which yeah. I'm the loud type. I was surprised that I wasn't super loud that game and vocal. It was just kind of one of them games I guess you thought you knew what to expect. But yeah, I mean you came in, you just started yelling and stuff. And I bet people around were just like, What the heck? Where'd this oh, guy come from? <laughs> no doubt, bro. Yeah, I came super late. Well, obviously for anybody wondering more with that. I was fucking late to the game. I was meeting up with the bro, and then I had some car problems. I lost my fucking car keys, and I didn't come in till like eight minutes, nine minutes left in the third. So <laughs> we're already up by 40, and Drake was there chilling all along. Then I come <laughs> up, and I'm fucking lit from watching on my phone. And then, yeah, bro, I, I get what you're saying. Like, <laughs> it was clear cut that we were dominating in the game. Everything was winding down, even though Joe still went on to score another touchdown. Yeah, um, but yeah, bro. That I was actually pretty damn. Re- I was chill. That <laughs> one, bro. Like, listen. Like, we got a. Uh, I got a friend's giving with my sister and a lot of her friends on uh, Sunday, bro, for this upcoming game. And uh, uh, she's like twenty seven, twenty eight. So some of them have kids now, and they were texting the big ass group chat with me. And uh, um, her husband, my brother in law, he was like, "Hey, just letting you guys know." Probably don't want to bring the kids. Dawson's watching the game. They're like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> damn it. They're like, this dumbass. Yeah, that, that yeah. really I am, though. I, I'm really like that, so. Hey, that's how we should be, bro. You know, we're fucking passionate Bengals fans. We're so passionate that we're running these fucking Bengals pages. So, yeah, bro. Well, well, that's great that you had a good Thanksgiving. For anybody else listening to this, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving as well. And um, let's get into this fucking game, man. Yes, sir. So, what we'll start off with off top is some injuries. Um, man, lots of shit this week with injuries and roster moves. Mm-hmm. Um, what a lot of people would have thought, what we were talking about last week, bro, is we really could have seen this being the last ride for Kevin Huber. You know, you're going to – we thought, you know, you were jumping on this even harder that, A, Drew Christmas is going to be punting this week. It's a pretty inevitable with what we've seen so far. He did. He did pretty well, but Kevin's still on the team. Why do you think Kevin Huber is still around? So I think the thing about, you know, Huber and him being around is look at teams around the NFL. There's teams that 
at times, and I'm sure there's teams right now, I'm not too, you know, into the, you know, punters all around the league, but I'm sure there's punters around the league teams that would want a veteran punter like that. And I think the Bengals are going to kind of feel the situation out in a way. Um, you know, they've had issues early on. We saw it, you know, as easy as the long snapper, you know, you have, you know, bad long snapper in which I get it was Mitch Wilcox, but at the same time, you got to be kind of safe uh, in that area. So keeping them around is, not a bad thing necessarily. Obviously, you would like to have that extra roster spot for someone else, but you you never know. I think essentially they want to just feel out the situation before fully giving up because, like I said, someone will pick up Kevin Huber, in my opinion. That's just how I feel, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, uh, I totally agree, bro, and it's definitely not what everybody wants to hear, but I absolutely think it's the reality. Um, look. This team has been carrying 52 guys on the active day roster almost every single game this year, which is weird. That's not common. Um, So you're talking about they've gone into almost every single game this year with a guy that they can bring up, but they don't. It's kind of weird. But so with that, their perspective probably is, well, if we already have an open spot anyways, and we have continuously all year, not shown urgency to max out every single spot. It's just really weird that they're fucking doing that. They're like, we might as well piggybacking off what you're saying. Might as well keep the veteran presence around. He's a phenomenal guy to this locker room. He only provides value in that aspect. So, yeah, maybe it really is just the loyalty thing. It's like, hey, no harm, no foul. We have the spot on the roster. Oddly, as we have a spot on the 53-man roster for him, we have a spot on practice squad, so we could really do whatever we want with them. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess it's just like, well, he's just Kevin. You know, if it's <laughs> not completely broken, don't fix it, I guess. We just yeah. have Drew to come in and replace. So it, it is a weird scenario for him, bro. But, I mean, all the other roster moves, it's really surprising that he was the one to stay around. Yeah, because, I mean, what, we saw Prince get waived and then Prince mm-hmm. brought back to the practice squad. So, yeah, that was that was definitely interesting. That was a surprising one, bro. But, like, well, you think talent-wise. He's yeah. a guy that's had experience here. Is he a qual- Is he a starter caliber player? No, not yet. But he was a fine backup guy. And I oh, should even great. wean off of saying, yeah, he's probably not going to be a starter. But quality backup guy, experience. But we were also holding 11 guy, 11 O-linemen on the active day roster. That's way too many. Yeah. So we just I, didn't, was, you know. I was always, a, you know, kind of a fan of Fred Johnson. So, like, you know, Fred Johnson, mm-hmm. not, yep. not out there anymore. And then you see now Prince. So, you know, interesting yep. to see those guys who were both battling for a position last year during a Super Bowl run. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's crazy to think about. So It is crazy, bro. Well. It's funny because there's a lot more intricacies, at least we think, or maybe we're just overthinking it, because, like, outside fans would say, well, they're ass, you know, whatever. Well, in the macro, if are they, are they on a roster or not? You know, are they starting for you or not? Well, they're not. So maybe we really were just trying to inflate anything we could. Like, maybe there's potential here to give them more time. No, bro, they, they weren't legit, dudes. So, yeah. I mean, obviously going through that uh, on my episode a couple days ago, Hella moves, which I'm sure you're excited about the Trent Irwin. 
bringing oh. up to the 53 as a big one, man. Oh, I love it. I, I was really looking at it after the game. I was like, wow, there, there's no way that they can put Irwin back on the practice squad just for the simple fact someone is going after the way he played. Mm-hmm. Just, just, I mean, he didn't play the full game, did he? Like, starting-wise, he didn't play the full game. Yeah, like, bro, he did not. No, he played yeah, like so- – uh, 65 75 percent of the snaps yeah so with that on tape and he's made opportunity or he's made his catches whenever the opportunity presents itself so mm-hmm. I, and i've always been a fan of Irwin. i've always felt like he kind of deserved a roster spot and i'm surprised someone didn't take him earlier on because if they would have tried to put him back on the practice squad he would have been taken asap oh, so yeah, no doubt. Uh, I think you're exactly right, bro. Um, yeah, I think I mentioned this on the previous pod. I did, so we won't go in it much deeper. Don't want to be a, you know, a repeating record at that point. But, yeah, he was already brought up on the 53 for, you know, the games three times. You're only allowed to be brought up to the active 53-man roster three times a year from the practice squad. The fourth time or beyond, you have to be signed to the 53 for the entire year. So he got a legit contract. Really? Bro. Okay. Yeah. So think about that, bro, like legitimately for him. Because the minimum contract that can be given out, I think, is 675000 a year. That's right. my, I think so, bare minimum. Like no matter how many games you play. So, bro, like practice squad, I have no idea. So I'm not going to speak on it much. But like, I think it's like fifty to 100000 is your contract for practice squad. So talk about. Let's just say he made 100K. You go up to 675K, bro. Life changing. You there? Like, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I thought you broke up for a second, but yeah, it's life changing. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I did have a fucking alarm go off. I think it fucked me up. But, um, yeah, make sure none of them getting in my way. But, <laughs> absolutely, bro. So, everybody's a fan of Trent Irwin. All the homies love Trent Irwin. The players, dude, it's just a great thing. Like, and bro, like you were saying, this ain't just some fucking foo-foo love story that, oh, we love Trent. We want to see him win. Bro, you said it. When he gets his opportunity, he makes shit happen with it. It'd be different than a fucking Mike Thomas. You hear the sirens? I think that's Trent Irwin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Hey, he's causing a stir everywhere. Hopefully that ain't a terrible stir. But, yeah, bro, I hear you. It's like when he gets his opportunity, he's done it in the past, man. Like, remember last year in the Jags game? Like, he had that deep yeah. ball, like that 25, 30-yard pass. No one saw him for a single play all year. Then out of nowhere, he gets his opportunity. He makes it happen. Yeah, and he does He does it every year, it seems like. He's always making a play. It. That's what makes it weird, bro, like, I I really don't want to keep dragging Mike Thomas, man. But fuck. Bro, if he wasn't in the way, if he didn't have this connection, obviously a respectable one with Zach because he earned it over time. It's like if he didn't have that, he would have been on this roster all along. Because you think of an outside receiver. Trent, Trent Taylor is not an outside receiver. He's not an X, bro. No, he's not like he's not going to be a dude that's going to line up wide and contest fucking six, one, six, two cornerbacks. But Trent Irwin can't. Mike Thomas tried. (laughs) He tried. 
but it, it never went too well. But uh, yeah, man, Trent can produce. Um, he obviously he had yak ability. He had a guy. It's a guy that when his moment came, he capitalized on it. Everybody saw it, and now, bro. I mean, it is. He's the four. Yeah, it, and it's kind of special when you look at it, especially deep in the season like it is. You you always want to look for that that kind of like little spark of magic, or you know, just that little yeah add to the locker room and people to see that story like that's that's special so for Trent Irwin to be doing this I mean it's great to see he's always been very interactive with you know the fan base and you know Mm -hmm. people around so great for him man I'm rooting him on absolutely man I totally agree and bro that's fucking huge like when you do get that boost that morale boost that just that feel good energy bro 100 percent. it's like spreads yeah absolutely and you're talking about adding that to a team that already has so much momentum a sturdy foundation established and yeah bro it just adds to that shit it's great <clears throat> um funny quick little story with trent my uncle i have a, a younger uncle who <clears throat> lives in a condo um near eastgate or some shit and he texts me one morning or some late fucking night actually he's like yo do you know Trenton Irwin? I'm like, yeah. He's like, he's my neighbor, LOL. I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, yeah, bro. He lives in my condo complex. And uh, his fucking, well, technically it's his girlfriend's place. I guess you go. he goes over there all the time or some shit. He's like, bro, her fucking water heater's leaking through my ceiling. And I knock on the door and it's this long-haired fucking California-looking dude. And uh, yeah, he said he just ended up talking to him a bit. Obviously wasn't the best thing to talk about like hey your water heater is leaking through my fucking ceiling but uh <laughs> yeah bro it was just a funny thing he's like yeah bro he's there all the time you know driving a fucking chill car and he seems like a chill dude like is he good i'm like yeah he's a practice squad guy but he's good so like now bro it's like it'd be pretty cool if i tell him like yo that's the man of the town right now beyond joe he is the man of the town about that it's pretty cool so i went to the barber shop to get my hair cut and, you know, we're all, you know, you know, Barbara talks. So we're just sitting there. Yeah. I had no idea. It's literally Charles Burks, who's our assistant DB's coach. So that was pretty dope. Oh, yeah. Shit, dude. No way. I knew he looked familiar. And then, you know, <clears throat> one of the guys, Justice, shout out to him. He was like, he's like, do you know who that is, man? I was like, yeah, he looks like no, but he, he looks familiar. And he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, Oh, that's a Bengals assistant coach. I, you're, you're, I'm not calling you Bengals Drake no more. You're not Bengals Drake. I was like, man. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. I don't know the assistant fucking cornerbacks coach. Bro. <laughs> that's funny. That's cool as fuck though, bro. I, I, yeah, I didn't cool. told me that you got some connection to that barber. Yeah, he he's dope. Shout out to Darnell. He's awesome. That's awesome, man. All right, bro. Well, uh, yeah, we've had a lot of fucking foo foo little talk off top. And let's get into some real shit. Injuries. Big injury shit this week. Obviously, the most notable one because of, um, I guess, notable in a negative way is Mixon being declared out. Um, You've had some intel on that. Tell me some of the updates of Mixon so far. So, I talked to somebody close to the situation, close to Mixon, um, verified source. So, not just, uh, you know, oh, uh, you know what I mean? So, Anyways, um, yeah, Mixon's okay. Um, 
it doesn't look like he has a concussion. They thought he would be fine for this week. Um, I think just looking at the injuries around the league, they kind of yeah. want to play this safe. This is going to be like a hard-nosed game, and it's going to be back-to-back hard-nosed games you know, against KC. So in a, in a situation where you want to make sure your running back is healthy late in the season, especially make a playoff run, mm-hmm. um, the head injuries especially, that's one thing you got to be more cautious about than anything. I think they're going to kind of – lean on P Ryan. And from what I heard, they have a lot of confidence in P Ryan and what he can do. And they really think they can win this game with Samaje P Ryan, which, you know, you, uh, you know, at some point, like we've talked about next man up, you got to do that. And at some point in the season, you're not all, it would be great to have a running back healthy every game for 17 games, but that's hard to ask for in this league, you know? Oh yeah. It just is. Absolutely, man. Well, yeah, for sure. Appreciate that insight, bro. And yeah, it's like it, it would be delusional for really any player, bro. Like, hey, stay healthy for 17 weeks straight. Like, that's not an easy feat, bro, especially when you're balling like a lot of these guys are at the level you are. It's a tall task, even more of a taller task for a guy who is in year six, who has a lot of wear and tear and a yep. lot of notoriety and respect built up. But what, what comes with the respect and notoriety is experience. What comes with experience is fucking injuries. So, especially the head injuries. I mean, look, bro, like, in the macro, do I think it's a good move? Yes. Is it annoying? Yeah. It's probably annoying for everybody, bro. Because, like you said, the reality is, he's fine. He's fucking fine. Like, you, you talk about his state right now, he could easily play. But, as you added, the stigma this season in particular with the fucking head injuries... It's real, and the last thing you want to do is to push that to piggyback off what you said even more. At this time of year, you don't want to fuck yourself up in the Titans game. Like, look at Matthew Stafford last week, bro. Like, he had the concussion pop up in the middle of the week from the previous game. It was low-key and lingering, though, like Mixon's. Not lingering so much because it was, like, off top they were worried. Yeah. But mild. Mild symptoms. Um. Mixon seemed like he was clear from the jump, but then a guy like Stafford comes back in the game and he gets another concussion. That's the fucking fault. That's not false alarms, big alarms, like huge ones, especially for 2022 season with Tua and all that shit. So I get it. Joe's out this week. He should be good for next week. Get him ready for fucking KC, whatever you can use him for. And yeah, I mean, Piran has proven everything at this point. Like, in his role, he's proven everything, bro. He had a career game last week in the extension of that run game. Get yep. those fucking screenplays going. Force the defense into thinking that you're going to – it's a pass situation. Get them on their heels quick. That's what they did every time. And that's how Samaje produced so well. Um, yeah, I, I watched um, Samaje in Washington and then, you know, from his first couple years here. Mm. And – He's got a burst in his step this year that, like, I've not I, – I think this is the year that where P. Ryan can really make an impact to this team more than he has prior. Mm-hmm. So I I think this is an awesome opportunity for, for P. Ryan to step up. Granted, the Titans have been, you know, good against the run this year. They're averaging, I think, 3.8 yards per carry, only like 65 yards a game. So, you know. 
they're stingy. They're stingy against the run. That's something, you know, mm-hmm. the Bengals are going to have to game plan against. And, you know, we've, we've had a lot of you know, three yard per carry games this year. And yeah. if we want to stop Derrick Henry, we got to, we got to keep our offense on the field, moving the ball, working the clock down, like, and P Ryan has a good involvement in that. So. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. So, Yep, that's the landscape with Mixon being out and Piran stepping up. Um, and obviously, the biggest one, the most important one, is Jamar. Um, look, man, both of us are on the same boat with this. He's going to play. He's going to play. Um, he he looks fine with the hip. It's just the process of recovering from this type of injury. Like, look, the reality is, because a lot of people are really worried with Oh, you can't rush him back early, man. That'd be malpractice. Look, a doctor would not clear a player to play if the bone is not fully healed. Period. Bottom line. I've dealt with the same shit. It's logic. A doctor would not clear you. There's a reason what Jamar's tweets last week, showing off the cleats, showing off, you know, the tweet, all praise to the most high. He was clear from the doctor that his bone's healed. Is the labrum fully healed? I don't know. Probably not. I don't think those fully heal. Uh, that's why people often have to get surgeries or deal with it. He's young, has a long career ahead of him, so you probably want to get the surgery. In the macro, he should be ready to go for the Titans game. What impact do you see with Jamar being in the game? Coming yes, back the so team? with Jamar, I think I think it's going to be similar to what we've seen with, like, you know, say T. Higgins when he's came back from an injury. You might – you might not necessarily see him as much, you know, he, he might be out there to draw out, you know, draw up coverages and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't see him playing, you know, a physical game, you know, throwing, you know, throw him out, you know, a five yard screen and expect him to make guys miss as mm-hmm. much as they usually do. So maybe a little quieter in, in the Sunday's game, I would say, I think he's definitely got potential to still put up good stats, but I think they need to rely more, at least in this game, they need to rely still on T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Sure. You got chased back, but you know, their corners have been friendly. What, what did I say to you? Terrence Mitchell has given up 410 yards this year. So if, if Mitchell's good to play and you know, he's out there, I think that's the guy you want to go after, whether Mitchell's playing in the slot or playing outside. If Higgins is playing on Terrence Mitchell, it's, it's game over wraps hundred yard receiving game quietly. Like you said, like I've never seen a guy produce that quiet of a game, Mm -hmm. but still 150 yards. Like that's, that's insane. Yep. That's kind of the embodiment of T Higgins, unfortunately. Right. It's like, because you have the star power of Jamar chase, you people do not understand just how good T Higgins is, bro. Like I, Obviously, I kept adding with the stats he put up, the the context behind it being he did that in 15 minutes of the game. Right. Bro, remember in the middle of the second quarter, I, I wonder how many other people were thinking the same thing. I'm like, bro, where is T. Higgins? Yeah. I'm like, why are we not using him? And all of a sudden, 30-yard play. I'm like, all right, let's go, TT. You see 24, 22. 26 it was like holy shit bro you have those two drives you pop off yeah and then fucking four minutes left in the third after his first catch and two and five minutes of the second he's at 148 like this is fucking crazy the dude has had 12 targets in fucking 15 minutes and 
Yeah, bro. That's the embodiment of T. And uh, to bring it back, you know, with the impact of Jamar, you're absolutely right, man. Like, it's a huge opportunity, even with probably not seeing a 100% Jamar. As it makes sense. Don't don't try to work him into the dirt. Like you said, probably not. Fucking throw him screen routes and say, hey, beat six dudes and go for 30, 60, 80, whatever yards. Like, create havoc for the defense. Let them overthink because no matter where or how Jamar is being used in a game, his presence will demand the attention. His Jamar is to the stage in his ability. His um, production in a game is not correlated to the impact he has on a defense. His presence is the impact to the defense. Him being there. You don't want to test and see if Jamar will get going. You know what I mean? Like, no defense is waiting like, oh, no, we may not see Jamar this game. No, 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 no. You don't do that with Joe Burrow, quarterback. So, like you're saying, the value of even him being as a more of a decoy type, like you said, doesn't mean we're not going to use him. We're still going to give him some work. He's going to work, and we know how he is, bro. Like, there's been plenty of times where we're like, all right, Jamar, just get this 10. Or, oh, shit, 15, 20, 30, whatever the fuck. That's what he does. But, yes, even if you're not seeing a 100% Jamar, he should be out there. And, um, man, if he's out there, like you said, against these corners that we'll get more into later in the episode, uh, huge opportunity there, bro. So uh, super excited with Jamar. And for everybody listening, it is unofficial. He's still listed as questionable. Kind of expected. He should be good to go. Um, all right, bro. So I'm going to bust through a couple of these other injuries. Let's see. So Joe Bacci, he's Joe Bacci, I should say. A lot of people create a lot of fucking bullshit with that. Joe Bacci. <laughs> Um, he is questionable. I don't know what he was coming off of. I should have seen a knee injury or something. Um, he should probably be good to go. Josh Tupa will be back, bro. I think that's a big one adding to the depth of this defensive line. What do you think? Huge. Um, I think whenever you have to rotate guys in and out, especially, you know, DJ Reader, he's going to need some breathing. To You know, he's, he's still – what was he listed with an ankle injury this week? I'm pretty sure. So, mm-hmm. um, you know – at any point when you need DJ or even BJ to come out, you have to be able to have a guy like Tupo to come in, which I love as much as, you know, I love Erwin's story. I love Josh Tupo's story. He's kind of just, mm-hmm. he's really progressed every single year better and better. And he's, mm-hmm. I told him in person, I was like, dude, you're underrated as fuck. <laughs> he was like, he was such a chill dude. So I, I, I think, I think Josh coming in, man, I, I love his run stuff and ability. I think that has he got back there for like a half a sack this year or something? I might Yeah, be- yeah, bro. Oh. Yeah. He had the uh infamous sack, at least to Dolphins fans on Tua on that play. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. He may have one and a half, but you're exactly right, bro. You're talking about it. he's a lunch pail type of guy. He's also a genotype, obviously not, you know, producing on the field, but personality wise. Behind the scenes, he wants to be a behind the scenes guy. He wants to be a behind the scenes guy that will do everything that is asked of him. And um, yeah, bro, he is a fine player. Like, I love him as our depth. No, he's not a dude that's going to pop off and wreck a game, but he's also a dude that almost every single game you see, like, oh shit, he busted through that line. No big deal. Oh yep, shit, yep. he just made a TFL. Oh shit, he just made a play. 
That is Tupo. And, um, bro, for the first time this year, obviously through the, you know, detriment of DJ being injured, we saw the rise of Tufele. Now you're going to have DJ, BJ Hill, Tupo, and Tufele in the same game. So talk about juice, bro. Like, now, of course, the biggest thing, those aren't guys that are going to wreck a game. I mean, BJ may have the potential of that in the scenario, but Tupo and Tufele won't. But really, man, all that you can ask for from depth is to step the fuck up and make plays, plural. And those guys do that. So I think it's going to be a big thing for them. Yes, sir. All right, so, yeah, that's the questionable guys. Um, look, Dax and Evans, Dax Hill, Chris Evans are going to be playing. What impact do you think they have with them coming back? Yeah, so Dax coming back, I think that's good because, you know, we, we've seen Dax come in there for corner and with how I, – I still feel like we're still very slim at corner. I don't – with oh, this yeah. late – with this late season run, I just – I hope a team drops a good corner that we can pick. I, I don't know. We need to get a cornerback somehow to play reserve that we can hopefully rely on to maybe start at some point if possible. Um, I think I always feel that way. But, yeah, getting him back, that's that's good to get him snaps. Um, and then Chris Evans. I, I like Travion Williams in this game. I thought Travion looked good. Um I think he looked really fast. Yeah. Had a, had a burst to him. So, you know, hopefully we'll see some some Travion Williams. I think a lot of people have been wanting to see that for years now. So, maybe yep. we'll see, maybe see some touches out of him. Absolutely, man. And, um, yeah, to connect it with Evans again, obviously in that running back room, uh, what I was saying in Twitter spaces earlier today with some of the homies, it's like, look, man, my perspective is, I got to see it to believe it right now anymore with Evans. Like, it sucks. All of us want to see more of Chris Evans. I know every single one of your listeners, you want to see more Chris Evans. We all fucking know it. Guess what? The sky is blue. Everybody wants it. But we haven't fucking gotten it. We've ran in circles and circles and circles with what is the issue? What's the disconnect? Because it sure as hell ain't physical abilities, bro. We know it. We know that ain't it. He worked, bro, the first fucking drive of the game. He worked some fucking Martin Emerson, whoever the fuck, some yeah. dude that seemingly had an advantage on him in the Browns game for a 26-yard fucking go ball. He could produce, but he hasn't. So connecting it with now, coming off the sprained MCL, being a grade one sprain, I, I don't like this, but I could just really see the coaching staff saying some bullshit like, yeah, we're going to take it with Chris, you know, ease him in a bit. And my my response, as I'm sure with most people, is going to be like, really? Ease him the fucking in? Well, you haven't eased him in at all when he was fucking healthy. So what does easing him in mean? Yeah, I guess the four snaps we're going to give him, we're going to give him two. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I'm saying, bro? It's yeah. like, we haven't fucking seen it. We all want to see more. But getting a, a now healthy Chris Evans, after the juice you got from Williams – my opinion is, as I've prefaced, no one wants to see this, but these roles for Williams and Evans are going to be reversed this week. When Evans would typically, or Williams would typically be the guy behind Evans, now Williams will be getting those kickoff return spots because, bro, he produced a bit. I agree. We saw it. Yeah. So it's like, and he also produced in the run game. Like you said, you saw that burst. He, 
he runs with some passion, bro. Some hunger. Like you see every run, you see him celebrate, get lit. I see him on the sidelines. He's a high energy type of dude. He he reminds me of Geo. He reminds me of Geo. And with Evans returning, I still think Williams is going to be that RB2 and the KR1. Kick returner one. Um, I don't think anyone's touching punt return until further noticed, you know, until Trent Taylor gives that up. So much, much tempered expectations is what people need for Evans coming in this week. Sorry, we just, right. I thought you said something, brother. Oh, what's up? I thought you said something. No, nah, no, nah, I was just going to say I'm wrapping up that point for the Bengals injuries. Um, we'll We'll hover over the Titans injuries really quick. Look, macro, there's not a ton with the Titans. Um, I'll, I'll run off some questionables really quick. So you got backup running back Hassan Haskins with a hip. Now here's a big one, a couple big ones. Sorry, holy fuck, three, four big ones. <laughs> okay, this is more important than I thought. So the questionables here, Jeffrey Simmons. He's going to be good to go. But, okay. man, I mean, you got him listed as an ankle here. Look, man, like – if that's a 93% Jeffrey Simmons, I'm relieved because look, man, that's a game record right there. This is a top three, top two interior defensive lineman in the league, not named Aaron Donald. And if I can get a 93% Jeffrey Simmons, I will take that fucker because we're going to need any percentage taken away from him in our advantage because that's a game record. So he's going to be good to go, but shows up with an ankle. Uh, ben Jones, that is the anchor of that offense. He's a really good center. Um, he was out last week with a concussion. He is questionable this week. Uh, I, From the little bit I heard, the week did not go as great as they were hoping for him. Doesn't mean he won't play. But the progress they were hoping to see probably on a Tuesday or Wednesday, early week, they did not see as much as they wanted. Maybe he's good to go if not. That is a huge miss for them on that line. So, he's listed as questionable. Christian Fulton, of course, big one. That is their clear-cut cornerback one. He's a fine corner. He's not locked down. He's not great or anything, but he's good. Uh, Hamstring, you know how those are, bro. We remember those fucking Trey Wayne sagas. So, um, he's listed questionable with a hammy. Then no other Randy Bullock. You want to know what his injury is, bro? Oh, I already know it, but you can read it off. <laughs> yup, that fucking calf. CZ calves. CZ calves for Fat Randy. Who would have fucking thought? When I saw that shit, I was geeking, bro. I was like, this fucker. How oh, funny, bro. Th- th- so, I I didn't even check this, but I do remember it was after last game. Is the Titans offensive coordinator still coaching this week after his DUI? Oh, that's a good question, bro. Damn, I don't know why I haven't brought that up at all this week. I don't know. I think, uh, damn, damn, I read something. They asked Brable about it on Wednesday, and he made a unique comment. He may be, but there's obviously some ramifications to be dealt with from that. Um, I don't know what it is. Yeah, he may be. So let's just say he is. Say Todd Downing is – that's definitely a stigma you kind of got to overcome. You know, talk about irresponsibility, you know, getting too lit after a fucking Thursday night win over a prominent name, really, at this point. You know, not oh, a yeah. quality product in the Packers this year. But 
Yeah, so for anybody that didn't know that, hover over it really quick. Todd Downing, Titans offensive coordinator, was arrested for a DUI late Friday morning after the Thursday night win over the Packers. Uh, that was their most polished game of the year, the Titans. So um, I guess he fucking took that a bit too far, took it into his own hands to drink and uh, drive irresponsibly. So there's definitely some baggage he has to deal with with the Titans and the NFL. So Put a little, put a little Urban Meyer. After. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got a little uh, festive outside of the fucking NFL grounds. So, yeah, man, those are some co- significant questionables right there. Like, you're talking, I mean, two of your top eight, ten most, three of your top eight, ten most important players questionable. Look, nothing too much to think about this. These guys are probably going to play. But a guy who's not going to play is important to Nico Autry. That was a guy who fucking tore us up last year. He is a great compliment with Jeffrey Simmons. He was a great compliment with Harold Landry. And those guys that wrecked us for 11 total fucking sacks. Two. Yeah, everybody everybody keeps saying nine sacks. Yes, nine sacks showed up on the stat sheet. Bro, do you realize we had two sacks allowed last year and false starts on those plays? So they didn't count? Like, People don't realize how bad that actually was, bro. I'm like, I've never seen double-digit sacks. But, yeah, we allowed 11 that game. And who beat them? And who beat them? Exactly. Bro, like, I've emphasized this so many times, and I don't want people to forget it ever. Have you seen a quarterback throw less incompletions than times he was sacked? Like, legit throws. We're not talking some pussy-ass fucking Marcus Mariota type shit like dump-offs. Yeah, bro, I've never seen it. And that's what happened in the playoff game. So for anybody that talks shit, bro, be like, our quarterback literally threw less incompletions than times he was sacked. He fucked you up. Yeah, so any ops can fucking take that in, bitch. That's what I'd say. <laughs> so, yeah, bro, Danico Autry is a significant miss for them. Look, big part of this here. Yes, they had 11 total sacks on us in the playoff game. Fucking wrecked us. That was with the hand, Harold Landry, Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, and... Uh, uh, Bud Dupree. Look, Bud Dupree has been like a Jadavion Clowney type. He's been on and off the field. When he's on the field, he's worried about he being injured. Then he fucking hurts some shit again. He is questionable this week. Um, oh, actually, no, he's not formally listed on the questionable report. But from what I was hearing, he's up in the air. So you're talking, you're not getting a 100% Bud Dupree. Harold Landry is out for the year. Um, with the torn ACL he suffered in the preseason. And Danico Autry is out. That is two and a half dudes. Like I said, Bud Dupree could be a half dude until he fucking proves shit. That is two and a half dudes that are out from that defensive line. That is not the same D-line. That This D-line this year is 26th in pass rush win rate, according to next-gen stats. So you're talking about a D-line that has not been able to get home much. You're also talking about an improved O-line with the Bengals. You're also talking about a quarterback that has been insanely hot. Also adding that you're getting the best receiver in football back against a cornerback room that is suspect in the Titans. You see where I'm getting at here? Yeah. So, yeah, you're talking about immense opportunity for this Bengals team. So go ahead and uh, I know you were telling me you had some stats pulled up about these cornerbacks. Um, You may have touched on, on them already, but you can just emphasize them again. What yeah. do these cornerbacks have in store against these receivers, and what have they done this year? 
Yeah, so looking at their depth chart, I, I don't know if the Titans website is updated or not. From what I saw, they only – and maybe this goes back to the Christian Fulton questionable. Mm-hmm. They only had two corners listed on their depth chart according to their website. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's where I was coming in with the Terrence Mitchell because Terrence Mitchell wasn't listed. So if he does suit up to play this week, um, he's allowed 410 yards, as I said. Uh, and I, I that's that's more than Eli Apple. So he's not a starter either. That's crazy. Yeah, so you got that Christian Fulton. He's he's had decently, you know, an okay year. He's I think allowed somewhere around 330 yards, but mm-hmm. uh, he allowed two touchdowns last game. He didn't allow too much through the air, but still allowed two touchdowns. So maybe maybe you go after that hammy. You know, if you you yeah. got T Higgins body him one on one, you're not going to be able to double any of these receivers even if jamar chase is not 100 healthy like you said if you got 93 percent jeffrey simmons and we got 85 percent jamar chase and you decide okay let's double t higgins 85 percent of jamar chase is going to be enough to take one deep i don't absolutely so yeah for sure man so yeah you're talking about cornerbacks that are suspect in coverage um look man they are beat up too uh, they're losing their slot cornerback. He's been in and out of the lineup all year. I think he came off of injury reserve, if I'm not mistaken, earlier in the year. Then went out again with an injury. Um, damn, what? His name's escaping me right now. It starts with a fucking E or some shit. Oh, well. He ain't no legit dude, and he's gone. Also, a key rotational piece guy that has stepped up is Greg Maven. Um, for really? anybody, Yeah, you remember Greg Maven, bro? He, he's been playing there. He's been stepping up. Yeah, nah, but he hasn't really been stepping up much. He's oh. been decent as a backup guy, though. So, obviously, expectations are tempered a lot. Um, so, you're talking about a Greg Maben who has been on seven teams in the NFL. Uh, he was on and off our practice squad a lot. He played nine games for us. He was not terrible. But he's not a dude that you look at and be like, damn, that's a quality piece for our defense. Right. He has had to come in place of injured guys. That is an injured freaking secondary. But similarly to the Bengals, you're dealing with injured cornerbacks, but your safeties are healthy. They just got a money hooker back. I think he was on IR or is out for a couple weeks. That is a really good safety tandem. Amar Amani Hooker had a rough time starting off with the Colts, I believe. Then he really stepped up to be able to be that number two complement to all-pro caliber Kevin Byard. Um, so really good safety room back there. And you know Mike Vrabel is going to figure out to use them well. Even with him using them well in that defensive scheme, these corners are getting beat, man. I heard from a locked-on uh, Titans guy talk about he has not seen a cornerback room in the league give up more contested catches than this cornerback room. Mm. Who is elite at contested catches? T. Higgins. Tyler Boy can work. Jamar can work. You know what I'm saying? So you see a lot of opportunities. Um, Man, so that could kind of piggyback into the landscape of what we can see from this game. So 
to touch more on the macro of this Titans defense, this is a pass rush that you absolutely never discount Jeffrey Simmons. Fortunately now, unfortunately then, we are never going to discount that dude again. <laughs> we know what the fuck he did before. So the last thing we are going to do is get loose and chill the fuck out and go easy against Jeffrey Simmons because he can wreck a game. But they have not been producing that well. So our offense, I think we're going to be looking to pass the ball, man. And it kind of plays into, with Mixon being out, use an extension of that run game. So what do you see, man? Could you really see Joe trying to air this out? Or do you see us still trying to maybe counter what we expect and try to establish a lot of the run game? What do you see? Yeah, so I think any person going into this game is – and players especially, like, you want to establish a run game. I just – I'm just not confident. And I think they'll get some touches in the ground game. I do. But, yeah, I think think it's going to be another passing day for Joe Burrow. Um, You look at – this kind of an underrated stat. The Titans have allowed over 600 yards to the tight end position this year. So, maybe see – Maybe see Hayden Hurst get in there for, you know, 50, 60. Um, yeah. I think that would be it. There. Yeah, I'm there. Damn, <laughs> called me and I'm still on. That's awesome. Yeah, let's go. Hey, we'll just leave this shit in for anybody. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I'll say off top for anybody listening, me and Drake have had some fucking problems trying to fucking record, get people oh calling, get me calling. I got bum-ass alarms. So for anybody that gets a bit confused <laughs> with the trimming that I do on this pod, forgive me, man. We're trying our fucking best. We got people hitting our line. Please fucking forgive us. So you yeah. forget, bro. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So back to it. Yeah. Hayden Hurst. Um, I think they they got to work. I love the way that you know they've worked him in the game plan, but I want to see him drawn up across the middle. Just let him take it across the middle of the field. And he'll do the rest. I think Burrow would love a tight end that can work across the middle. Um, but, yeah, I, I think this could be a good game against those linebackers um, yeah. to really attack them. And, you know, you can't, like you said, sleep on Jamar Chase even as a decoy. So um, I think I think Titans are going to be keeping an eye on every single person this week because if not, you can catch – Get yourself caught lacking because Hayden Hurst is gonna drop sixty on you. <laughs> absolutely, man, in a sneaky sixty. You're absolutely right. Um, look, man, those are some of my fucking favorite plays. I love those drag plays from a tight end because no matter how much it happens, like the defense is not going to sell on that route. the The defense is not going to put their white flag down and say, "All right." We're not losing on the fucking tight end drags. Like, no, bro, we have receivers to account for. No, dude, like we have Jamar and T. Higgins who's tearing us up on these fucking go balls. Joe will intentionally throw right into those tight windows, bro. You're going to get that cover too. But as soon as they get caught lacking, if you get that run game established, he's going to fucking hit T on that corner ball. He's going to get him right on the side of that fucking field, get it right where he can get it, and he's going to work those corners. So it's like you get that going, bro. You're gonna see Hayden get that fucking leak pass. He leaks right, right through the linebackers' faces. 
but they're so focused on Joe tearing them up with the fucking receivers, you get some work from him. So, absolutely, bro. I love the idea of getting Hayden working like that. That's a good stat, though, too. I didn't know they were giving up some work like that to the tight ends. So, you kind of already said it, but I'll touch on it a bit more. You're not that confident in our run game. And I get it. You know, you think of the landscape heading in, backup running back. He's done some shit with the team. He's fine. He's backup. Our O-line um, has been pretty good in the run block game this year, ironically. Remember the weird dichotomy earlier this year was why is Joe Mixon playing so bad after the O-line got going? But overall, run game hasn't been like it's been in years past um, against a good run defense. So what, I mean, do you think you could see Joe throwing like 40 times this game? So, and th- this is my thing. So I love P. Ryan, and I think P. Ryan can get going. I just, I do not think the coaching staff is ready to empower it yet. Like, I, I think this is a game where they, they're going to think, okay, we have the mismatches at corner. We have the mitch- mismatches across the middle with the linebackers. So why not throw it? 30, 40 times. I, I think you would love to establish that ground game, but I think early on they're gonna have to they're gonna have to get a run game established, maybe to an extent. But yeah, I think they're gonna have to let Joe cook. Um and Joe's been Joe's been cooking lately. So yep. and I, I get, you know, last week, you know, he throws for, for a lot, but you know, maybe maybe Thanksgiving he, he ate a lot, you know, he got Mm-hmm. nice and full and you know his body's feeling nice and and relaxed and he got a lot of sleep so you know maybe maybe come back throw for 50 <laughs> yes sir hey listen man it, it really can be that game and it's starting to shape out like it's going to be like that so i think people should be excited look i'll i'll add this as well last week bro when we kept passing you may have seen my tweets or we may have been talking about it directly i don't remember yeah. but bro I, I was starting to get mad about the all these fucking dropbacks. I was like, why is he dropping back so much? But I started to get eased knowing the reality of, oh, shit, he's actually not getting sacked. So I was like, okay, all right, yeah. I guess this is all right. But I was tense, bro. We all were tense probably because we we're fucking scarred from week one. The but- freaking the knee thing with Pittsburgh last game, like I – Almost like my jaw was in my lap. Oh, 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 when he did that bum ass slide. Yeah. Bro, Drake, bro, listen, Ugh. it is crazy. Like the coaches have got on his ass about sliding properly. You're right, bro. Like you cannot throw your fucking body into the ground. That's an ACL right there. Like that. Yes, you're exactly right, bro. You get a little loose. You're like, you know what? The play's dead. I'm just forfeiting the play. And you're not thinking. Then you fucking feel a pop if you land wrong. You're exactly right, bro. Like, when that happened, I got – I was pissed. Because it, it's, like, kind of the same shit I was saying, how the coaches are on his ass. It's like, bro, that is a, a, a dot your I's and cross your T's moment. Don't get caught lacking with that little unnecessary shit. Because, like you saw, bro, of course the Steelers player hit him after that. Any little shit like that. You got to watch your back, man. Like, you yep. got to make sure you are on your shit. Like – how, bro, we saw RG3 ruin his career because he slid wrong. He mm. destroyed his knee, man. So it's like, no, anybody, we're not fucking wishing any injury on Joe, but we're saying the reality is he better fucking dot his I's and cross his T's 
especially with the fucking sliding. Because you're right, bro. It looked nasty. I hated how he just fell into the fucking dirt. Yeah, man. So, well, we already kind of ran through a lot of the stuff with the landscape of our offense versus our defense. Let's flip it real quick. Titans offense versus our defense. What do you see with that part of the game going? So, you know, I think a lot of people have talked about it. You know, oh, the Titans, their wide receiver core, not good. I agree 100% in that regard. We heard that early on in the season, though, with Dallas when they were banged up wide receiver. We also heard it with the Saints in which, you know, Dallas resulted in a loss. I I don't think we matched up as well as we could have against that Saints, you know, wide receiver core. So I think this is just a week where we see Cam Taylor Britt, the you know, the rookie who's got a chance to keep playing good. I think he's he's not looked good and this is why I think a lot of people are touching on PFF and I agree in this aspect that some PFF grades are, you know, kind of just what like because you know, a player will play really good and then you look at PFF and it's like they got like a 39 or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, looking at uh, Cam Taylor Britt the last three games, so that first game, which was Carolina, kind of had a, a doozy for reception, 60 yards. But since then, he's backed it up with good performances. I mean, two receptions for 31 yards. And then last week, five receptions. Um, I think he was targeted six times five receptions for 36 yards. So, and he's, he, he got out there, he made some good plays. I saw one play where he just laid the stick on a dude. I was like, yeah, dude, I was like, move, bro. Fucking tied in. I was like, I was like, okay, so you're a second round pick. We know it's going to take a little bit for you to get going, but sure. Get your confidence going, bro. Like we will take it. Absolutely, man. Yeah, so you're exactly right. You know, um, man, I didn't really think about it in that in those lenses. That's 100%. Like, we did head into the Cowboys game, kind of scoffing at that receiver core. Michael Gallup was out at the time, still on IR. We're like, who the fuck is Noah Brown? Yep. What other compliments you got? And, yeah, bro, like, Noah Brown worked us for, like, 85 yards. We're like, who the fuck is Noah Brown? I'm still like, who the fuck is Noah Brown? And, <laughs> Raheem Rashid, whatever the fuck his name is, Hakeem, whatever the fuck, GOAT, because he damn looked like it against us. His first touch in the NFL game was a 45-yard fucking whip around. Go. Um, and he took it to the house. And then it's crazy, bro. The next week, his second – so his second play ever in an NFL game was also a touchdown. 60-yard fucking bomb from Andy. Let's talk about a start to a career. But no. bringing it back with it, you're right, bro we discounted these receivers and they produced against us. So I'm hopping on the train with you. I'm glad you brought it to my attention because I will not sleep on these receivers. Um, our, uh, what the fuck is his name? The receiver three for him. Would you say you broke out? It, it, it my bad, bro. I was saying white side Akina, I think is their backup dude. Um, he's no guy to sleep on, kind of a Noah Brown type. But, of course, he's actually been a starter. Noah Brown was a backup. Um, but, yeah, so the receiver three, white side Akina, um, is not really a good receiver three. Robert what Woods. Is, 
Who is their receivers? Is Robert Robert Woods is playing? I saw that he played what, last week. So is Robert Woods that guy? He's like, there too. He's the okay. two. Um, yeah, and after they traded A.J. Brown, they immediately used their first-round pick for Traylon Burks, a guy out of Ar- Arkansas. He's been out for like five, six weeks of the season due to some fucking injury. He came back last week or the week before. He put up his best game of the year last, uh, last week. Seven receptions for 111 yards, and he may have had a tutty. I don't okay. know. But he had his best game, and a lot of people were really exemplifying the point of, that was against, you know, quality cornerback and Jair Alexander. Look, I don't know how much Jair – I don't think he followed him. Why would you follow a Titans receiver with what they've produced this year? But look, man, do they have pieces? Yes, absolutely. And we cannot forget to account for them. But that is the worst pass game in football. They have the least amount um, of reception yards of any receiving core in the league, even worse than the Steelers. Um. And, bro, they went a game without passing a ball to a receiver. Yeah. That's I, terrible. I forgot to touch on this, but, yeah, you're right. So, the Titans are a bottom five passing attack. They're ranked 30th in the NFL. Um, and then you got the Bengals, top five passing attack. They're ranked fourth in the league. And then the Titans' total offense is 29th. And then the Bengals' total offense is seventh. So, and I think that's the biggest key to this game is okay look at your offense look at our offense and you as long as you can stop Derrick Henry a lot of people you know like to say well Ryan Ryan Tannehill cannot single-handedly beat the Cincinnati Bengals if Derrick Henry does not get going sure you should not sleep on the ability of that but I I can't trust that that's like saying okay are you taking Joe Burrow or Ryan Tannehill on a 1v1 so So, yeah, I I think stop Derrick Henry. The stats on the paper are very, very gleaming. So just just do your job. Just do your job. And I think that's what they they need to realize this week is don't do nothing fancy. Come out and do do what you guys always do and just shut shit down. Yep, smash mouth football coming down. Yeah, man, that kind of piggybacks to the macro of this. Like, look, I I will even – I think it's worthy to correct you with Look, man, you're not going to be able to stop Derrick Henry. You can only limit Derrick Henry. Like, Agreed. that's who he is. We, You know right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, bro, like, he had his quietest game of the year last year, arguably one of them, and he put up fucking 60 yards on 22 touches. Is that minimal impact? Certainly. But kind of as we were talking about before with Jamar, I mean, the attention you draw, even being out there, is fucking huge, even if you're not putting up a great game. So – same thing applies with Derek. Um, look, man, it, people are saying don't stack the box against this team. I don't fucking care. I'm stacking the box, bro. Because let me tell you something. Yep. Let Traylon Burks beat me in a game. Let Robert Woods beat me. Let Austin Hooper beat me. Let Akina, whatever the fuck, Whiteside Akina, I don't even know his name because that's who the type of player he is, and Ryan Tannehill beat me. I'm not going to let Derrick Henry go off for 175 total yards and three tutties. It's not happening. So, yeah. when you think of the landscape of this Titans offense and the landscape of this Bengals defense, I think you have to go in, you have to be fucking ready to stack that motherfucking box and have these dudes bring Vaughn down, bring all these linebackers into the gaps, and fine, if they want to be pass happy, we'll adjust accordingly. 
But we are going to plant. We planted the white flag on Sunday at 8.15 and said, no, we're not going to let Derrick Henry kill us in this game. All right, so that is the number one goal. So connecting with what you're saying, you got to limit him, man, and let Ryan Tannehill beat you. And you look as simple as it is, are you taking Ryan Tannehill to lead you to victory or Joe Burrow to lead you to victory? And I think we all know who the fuck we're choosing. Yep, I 100% agree. And to back to back you up, like, yeah, you can't stop Derrick Henry. You can only limit Derrick Henry. It's just the very obvious thing. Like, he's the best back in, in the NFL when he's fully healthy. Like, nobody Dominant. is really near the level he is. I mean, for someone to be able to put up 175 and then 150 and then 120, like, it, that's crazy. Like, yeah. It, Especially as big as he is. Like, that's that's crazy. It is crazy, bro. I remember when he came out, and I was legitimately offended that he was drafted in the second round. I'm like, this dude is going to be a fucking problem in this league. And he was drafted, like, 45 overall with, as a backup um, to um, uh, DeMarco Murray. Was that his name? Murray? Something For- like that. Uh, he was with the Cowboys and the Titans to finish his career. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, DeMarco Murray. Yeah, so like he was complimenting him. I'm like, bro, this dude's going to be a problem. Obviously, you know, he's fucking King Henry. So, yeah, bro. Um, Look, we kind of ran through a lot of the X's and O's of what we could see from our sides of the ball and their sides of the ball. Let's get into some fucking predictions. So, uh, what predictions you got for the game? You go first. All right. So, look, bro, when I made my predictions – it had Mixon in there. So, some of the shit's going to look different. Um, I'm going to go off the dome really quick with Samaje. So, I guess I'll add the score first. I predict this one at 27-16. to 16. Look, if you contain Derrick Henry to the best of your ability, this offense is going to look pedestrian. Our safeties have to step up, as they typically do, but make sure you are on your A game. Because Ryan Tannehill is going to do his very best to attack these cornerbacks. Has our corners been playing have our corners been playing good this year without Cheeto? Absolutely. But you never want to be caught lacking. Last thing you want to be do, doing is getting caught lacking against a suspect receiver core. And as Drake said, it's happened a couple times this year. So make sure you're on your fucking shit. Um, they're not going to be scoring a ton if that happens. So 27-16, I predict the game being – it could be even higher, bro, because of just how much I think we're going to pass. Um, Ryan Tannehill, I could see him going for something like 20 for 30 passing and then 197 yards on INT. I don't see him getting in the end zone because I see Derek getting in the end zone. Um, he's going to get his work, man. I see 24 rushes, two receptions, 103 yards, and one touchdown. So you're talking about you're able to contain him for the most part. Decently. For from what he could typically do, that's kind of containing Henry. Um Traylon Burks, I could see him getting a bit of work, maybe some garbage time shit to pad the stats a bit. Uh six receptions, sixty-nine. Robert Woods, five receptions for forty-three. Austin Hooper, three for forty-nine. And with our guys, Joe's gonna be hot, man. He's gonna go on the fucking burner because that's who he is. It's how he's been playing lately. That's the trajectory that this offense has been on. And I think it continues even against a good defense with a weak secondary. 27 for 37, 371 yards, three tutties. Now, I had Mixon, but I could say Samaje 
I'll just kind of throw this shit out here randomly. 20 total touches, maybe 13, 14 rushes, uh, five, six, seven receptions. It's kind of how it's been. They like to use Samaje in the extension of that run game, bro. All those tutties came on the screens, you know, so we could see some more shit there. Uh, maybe he gets in for a tutty. Jamar Chase, I actually predict him producing. Even, you know what, bro? Like, this is how we can even overturn the um, hesitations we had with him coming back. Bro, His he hurt his hip in the Saints game. He proceeded to put up two tutties for 130 yards in the first half against the Falcons. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, even with an injured Jamar, bro, what the fuck can happen? Anything you want. So if anything you want can happen, Joe Burrow's going to run with that shit. So Joe's going to give him 130 yards on six receptions for a tutty. T. Higgins, he's going to ball the fuck out. Eight receptions for 125 and a tutty. Then TB getting his work as well, five receptions, 61 yards. And as I glossed over initially, 27-16 Bengals win. Improved 7-4, Titans 7-4. Definitely changed the landscape of that AFC playoff picture. What are your predictions? Love it, love it. So I'm going to go pretty simple. So my prediction, I think it's going to be a close one, but Bengals pull out in the end. I think 31-21 Bengals, so – that's, that's non-biased. I just – I don't see right now this late in the season, the Bengals are not going to give away games like this, um, maybe earlier on. But I just – I see with these, you know, this next four-game stretch, games prior, like they're they're needing a hot streak. And I think this is a good time to start it. Um, and at this point, I mean, you win this game right here, you're – seven and four so that that's a good good start at the end of the season i think what what's buffalo right now buffalo eight and, eight and three they almost fell to fucking seven to four bro see that's I what i thought i thought they almost fell to seven and four but i mean late in the season teams are gonna teams are gonna forward i don't think we are one of those teams i think i think there's always a perspective to every season like you always see, and this is no disrespect to the Ravens, you always see the Ravens start out super hot and then they kind of just fade away. Same with, like, we've seen it with the Chiefs in the past. Chiefs are always going to be a contending team, but you mm. know they were always a team that people thought, okay, they start off really hot and they kind of go off the edge. Then with the Bengals, you know, year in and year out, maybe it is the Bengals start off really slow every year and then they get hot. Maybe that's the landscape of the Bengals year in and year out because that's what we've seen so far. So, and we saw Joe Burrow. It kind of was a little ugly beginning of his rookie year, and then he got heated up and beat Tennessee in a very bloodbath of a game. I mean, we got Quentin Spain for that first game. He came in, so yeah. that was that was a good good big win for Joe. And I think Mike Vrabel is going to be probably scared tomorrow night he's probably gonna be i mean what what do you say he would give a left nut for a super bowl he might have to do it to beat joe burrow no shit man he may have to you're exactly right i mean (laughs) like for how ugly last year's playoff game was as we exemplified the point of earlier it is insane to put up the stats 
that he did last year of less incompletions than times he was sacked. I mean, and then, yeah, bro, he by far his best game of the year in his first year, beating a five and two Titans team, bro, that did have a historically bad defense, like putting up historically bad numbers, but still went on to be a playoff team, bro. So, yeah, talk about a dude that has this team's number. They put them not just on mental health at all, just really exemplifying the point. Ryan Tannehill, he went into a quote-unquote dark place. I'm glad he got the help he needed. But, bro, I mean, that city was devastated. They thought they had their best chance to win a Super Bowl that they've ever had, even more with Steve Steve McNair in the early 2000s or the 90s. I don't even remember when that was. But you crushed a lot of hopes and dreams in Nashville last year in January or earlier this year in January. Mike Vrabel would absolutely give that motherfucking left nut for a playoff win or a Super Bowl <laughs> win. Like you said, he may just have to give it to beat Joe Burrow because we are fucking hot right now. We are the hottest team in football. You saw my post a couple of days ago. We are the number one ranked team per EPA and DVOA on offense and defense altogether. And, bro, you look at – that passes the eye test to me because you look at the landscape of all these other teams – they don't operate at the exact level that we do. The high, the other high-powered offense, I won't try to bang this drum for long just to bring the point full circle. You look at high-powered offenses, the elite ones like the um, Dolphins and Chiefs with us this year. They do not have defenses like ours. They do not at all. Dolphins' defense is suspect, shaky at best anymore, and the Chiefs' defense is the same exact way, suspect and shaky. Bro, yep. the Chiefs' leading uh, Chief sack leader, guess who? Who? Carlos fucking Dunlap, bro. No way. I swear to you, Carlos Dunlap. Hey, hey people. Car- you remember Carlos Dunlap, people? Yeah. The dude that we drafted in 2010 or some shit in the second round, who was a legendary pick for us and a great player. I love Carlos Dunlap. Even after he left with all that bullshit and animosity that was spited up. But that's their fucking leading pass rusher. Four and a half, four sacks on the year. So, yes, you have a dominant Chris Jones on that defense. But that's not a dominant defense. So, we are super hot right now. We have the answers. We have gone through the obstacles of, at some of the most important positions on your team, you have overcame them to win games. And not only win games, but produce. Have we laid a couple eggs? Sure. I'm not saying we're invincible, especially not being invincible heading into this gauntlet of a schedule in your last, what, uh, seven games, I think? Yeah, seven games we have. It's going to be a gauntlet, man. But if we are scared of anybody, I promise you they're more scared than us. So, yeah, bro, I'm fucking hyped. Seems like you're hyped. Uh, Any final thoughts you have before we head the fuck out of here? Yeah, I mean, anytime you got to go against Joe Shiesty, I mean, if you see the way he walks into the stadium, walks in, you know, to the pregame with his uniform on, like, it is, like, terror. Like, when I see Joe Burrow walking onto the field in a Tennessee, wherever, and he's just got a straight face, dead look, I mean, like, any fan – has to be scared to see that. What what was it? I, I remember like his old high school coach or something said that he's got a personality that 
could you know it it matches to a first responder or a serial yeah. like that's <laughs> that's serial killer joe so tennessee i hope you guys are watching out and sleeping early tomorrow night because it might be a long day absolutely man well hey i fucking love the energy man super fun episode we did uh hey for for future listeners and anybody listening now we're going to continue doing this me and my homie drake i hope you guys enjoyed the episode oh yeah these uh, guys some fucking pre-game hype and uh appreciate you coming on drake bro i'll end up talking to you soon and let's pull out this fucking dub sunday yes and i promise i will not fall asleep early tonight i know you sent me the podcast link um, oh yeah Last weekend, I fell asleep early, man. I was I was an early bird that night, so but yeah, That's I'll cool, stay bro. I, I fucking fell asleep early last night too. But none of us will be doing that tonight, tomorrow nope. night, especially nope. Sunday night after we pull out this fucking dub. Yes, sir. I'll see you, bro. Peace. Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah, peace out, bro.